All right, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to You Don't Know Ball, episode 66. We're ecstatic to be back with y'all. Another early morning episode. The energy's high. We're ready to get right into it, especially after, you know, not like we're going to talk about them or anything. We'll get into that when it's the season, but after a crazy couch football playoff yeah. intro yesterday, I'm juiced. I'm ready to go. Let's just get right into it, bro. It's another crazy week of football also, and we have so many implications coming into this week. Yeah, let's start out with the Thursday night game. We have the New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns. And my question to you is, should the Browns extend Flacco beyond this season? So I think, yeah. so obviously, and this is the reality, I think uh, Browns fans would agree. In a sense, when Deshaun comes back, you already know. It's going to inherently complicate things because there's always going to be those fans that are when Deshaun starts to struggle a little in the stands. You know, We want Joe, we want, and then all of a sudden before you know it, you got like the psychological thing going on where it's like you're, you're taking down Deshaun's confidence. Yeah, I'm just putting out hypotheticals, but we've seen how this can go before. And we've mm-hmm. literally seen the situation play out over there in Philly. And I know it was a little bit different, but I'm just saying, I think, no, extending him at least like to get him as the backup is for sure the move because we've seen it no matter what you want him on the roster, though. There's definitely not a question about that. I mean, honestly, like we didn't get to see Deshaun play like a full year, obviously, because last year was the suspension this year. He, things were kind of shaky early on. I guess my thing to you, I guess my thing is, do you know if the Browns are have the record that they have if Deshaun is playing all year? So, you know what I'll say? And this was what I, this is the point I'm going to go on that I saw from a Browns fan earlier this week. And I think they were, they were spot on with this and I'm going to, so I'll run with it because it's true. They were saying like, look, you know, everyone's recently on Joe and I get it. And there's no reason not to be. He's firing out all cylinders. You got to love his story, right? But it's like, everybody's forgetting. Just earlier this year on one shoulder, you know, Deshaun put the workout to the Ravens. That and I mean, so, so I think they, that's that's it, it was a good measuring stick where it's like, I right, look if Deshaun can still come out here and play really good, basically with one shoulder against the best defense in the league. Like, I think that still is a good sign. I think it's very interesting, too, is like a note you put down is the David Njoku and Joe Flacco connection. Six receptions, 134 yards this week. My thing is, it's so interesting when you put like a new quarterback in how it like sometimes unlocks like a new player on your offense. Like not to say Najoku was ever bad, but I don't think, I mean, really have we seen anything like this from him consistently over the years? No, it's like he made his breakout last year, but if he had Joe Flacco all year for this year, he would have been first team all pro like easily. So it's crazy. The numbers he would have put up all year. If he was just with Flacco, I would have to do some math real quick, but I think he would have been up around like 1100, 1200. And also, like, when you look at this Browns team, like, the amount of points that they have been putting up, they put up um, 37. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. 30 Early morning electricity <laughs> f- f- flanking out on us. Where we- yeah, what the hell just happened? Hold on. I want to make sure it's still recording. Yeah, it is. Hey. I was worried. I don't know. Um, Some with the lights. At yeah, least it was the whole, the whole power grid. Right. I was weird. Um, they put up 37, 36, 20, 30. Like they are consistently putting up like numbers this year, especially with, I mean, was Joe Flacco is our four string quarterback. Um, Elijah Moore um, is okay. From what I understand, he posted something about that, but that was scary, but it's like, man, the Browns, the Browns are doing something very special this year. Kind of like what you wrote down. And I wouldn't, if I was any team, outside even the Ravens I don't want to play them I'll just say I think the Browns are the one team besides the Ravens this year to me that I truly would say like feels like they have a special chance to go do something yeah like a chance or a chance to go do something special because it really does feel like it's gonna be one of the two 
uh, just the way that they're the way they're operating right now. Like the Browns, and that's the thing I want to say too. More importantly, like and anything, when you add in Joe Flacco, like how I look at it more than anything is like, look, it just this just is just a great team. So when you bring in someone like Joe Flacco and they're such a great team, it just elevates Joe, and then he can elevate them. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like a perfect system. Yeah, I my thing is the with the way their defense. I mean, what is so impressive about the Browns? is how many injuries they've had to their offensive line, their defensive line. And I mean, like, are you really like batting an eye where it's like, oh, no, they're getting beat every play. It's like that's good coaching and good drafting, especially with the with the lack of draft picks from the Deshaun trade. No, they're in that same boat as uh, as the Rams, where it's like, you know what? If you can make your uh, late round picks work Mm -hmm. and you want to trade trade with early ones. It's not a, it's definitely proven to be not a bad strategy. Not a bad strategy. Let's move over to the Jets real quick here. Um, so Brees Hall is a monster, but outside of that, is there really anything? I mean, like, I guess if you're a Jets fan and once you were eliminated from the playoffs, and I think once A-Rod went down, I think everyone was kind of looking forward to next year. I think this year for the Jets should have been, and I don't know how they're looking at it in the building. Okay, let's find all the fatal flaws that will prevent us from winning next year. Because if we don't win next year, in my opinion, the Rodgers trade is a flop. Oh, it's a complete flop. And I think it starts with a lot of things in terms of like, look, you have got to go crazy on free agent depth, like depth for the O-line. You got to go crazy drafting that O-line. And then you also got to find a capable backup, right? Because the reality is not that Trevor Simeon is not like, so somewhat capable, but you want a yeah. guy. And we've seen that. We're seeing how the league is trending now, where the teams that have the backups that you can really have faith in, literally this year is showing like yeah. it is a completely different element where you can still be a playoff team with that. You need to have it. They need to figure that out. So if you're the Jets, what are you? I mean, like Gardner Minshew might be an option for them. He's a free agent after this year. Um, That's going to be crazy. He's going to get definitely a bag, like a mini bag, but bag. A lot of these backups, I feel like could get like a small bag from a team. For sure. I think Gardner might be at the top of that backup list. Bless you. Especially if they go to the playoffs and win one. Yeah, it's just because Gardner's been doing it the whole, you know, basically yeah. the whole season. It's like, I know everyone, like there's been a few other guys we know have come Browning, other guys recently. But I think with Gardner, it's like, yeah, with that, he's consistently pretty chill. You know, you, you've yeah. seen on tape for a long time. Not even just this year. Yeah, not this year. Um, So, not just this year. Yeah, my apologies. I was thinking about the next game. Um, <laughs> I don't really have a transition for this one. So let's just get right into it. Um, we have Detroit at Dallas, which is funny because this game was originally the Monday night game, but there was no Monday night games. So it was on ESPN. So I think the question everyone wants to know is where the Lions robbed. Oh, no, it's like it was clear. Oh, wait, There's I had no a doubt. good transition. Hold on. Wait, what's the transition? My transition was the Jets fans were robbed of a season with Aaron Rodgers and the Lions were robbed of the Yo. potential one seed. Which one was more critical? I guess I would say the one seed because with the way the Ravens are playing now, I don't see. I didn't see that the Jets couldn't have beat them. No, that. Yeah, no, that is very true. And then. So, yeah. So back to the Lions here, because I, I want to talk about how bad this was. But we'll move on from other things besides just this, because the reality is it's also nothing new. Like this happens to so many teams. It's happened to my team on the biggest stage. I know firsthand how much the refs can literally ruin your season. So. My the thing I really wanted to say about this is that there really does need to be a critical reform on how I don't know this is gonna sound a little ridiculous coming out like this, but how refing is done. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how else to say it. Like a reform needs to be done on refing. Call it what it is. I don't really know how it's gonna happen, how that has to happen, what the details have got to be. 
There has to be way more accountability in that profession. You can come in, do it part-time, have zero risk of getting fired, essentially, and make a bag. Tell me how that's like logical for anybody involved. Well, I think my thing is, too, is like all these other leagues that make less money are paying full-time refs. That's It doesn't make like, any sense. I know, like, for baseball, you have to go to, like, um school, and there's, like, training. And I'm not saying, obviously, there is stuff for NFL referees. But I'm saying, like, to the level of what other leagues do, I don't necessarily know if the NFL... Listen, like, I mean, I'm never one to say, like, the NFL is rigged or anything like that. They definitely enjoy when bigger markets win. That's more money for them. But at the end of the day... When you have situations like this and there's no like accountability taken by the league, I mean, everyone knows the Lions were robbed of a win and God forbid the 49ers lose next week and the Lions win because it's like you're you literally robbed a team of a bye week in the playoffs. Well, no, that's the thing is, and to be honest, there's a fair chance the Niners, the Niners could at this point because they're going to be sitting everybody. Right. But that's the thing is, they wouldn't have had that opportunity. Everything would have been up in the air. And it's just, it is very unfair. Side note, they actually, the league did do a little something about it by banning that crew from the playoffs. You know, but for someone like me, it's like, you know what? That's not good enough. Like, mm-hmm. when, when the Saints got bounced, that, that same revenue crew that fucked us got to do the bowl. And I know, I'm not trying to go back in time here, but all I'm saying is, to me, just taking the crew out that did it, oh, okay. A little something, something. But how about this? That doesn't really help anybody for the future whenever these happen again. What needs to happen is, we already had it. We're everything reviewable. If things are critically, give a team a couple challenges for anything. Oh, that's my solution. It's not hard. Like, just let anything be challengeable. Still give a team limited challenges. Let them, they'll use it when they feel it's critical. But there, it's, there's, the, there's literally no logic that that's not a thing. The that, NFL that makes no would sense. never do this, but it, I, there should be coaches challenges. And then... Every at least maybe one challenge a half, they get like a ref challenge and New York can review it. New York can make the right call. The NFL will never do it because that means you're basically saying that the ref is wrong and then you're proving it on national television. Oh, there's another reason they won't do it, too. Okay. It's because then they're going to have to extend more advertising time. And oh, let it, God forbid they spend more money. That's yeah. exactly also what it comes down to, unfortunately. No. So, yeah, my thing is like, I don't know. It has to be fixed. But talking about like the actual Lions, this game was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I mean, no, it was a great game. I think with a terrible ending. It's just like, okay, so we can talk about this more later in a different game. But do you think the Lions are starting to see the limits of Jared Goff? It, so, yeah, again, but here's the thing. Like, there's been multiple times this year where the O-line plays like perfect around him. And when they do, like, that's when we've seen the Lions are, are just as good as anybody. But if that old, if that old line can't keep up with whatever scheme they're going up against, or if they're out if they're outgunned, out and that's where the biggest thing is. If somehow, so because I'm, I'm not trying, not trying to like limit them, but this year I think it's going to be hard. I just with the with the teams in the NFC, it's going to be hard push. Let's say the Lions do make the Super Bowl. A team like the Ravens, like that defense, it's just such a bad matchup. Like mm-hmm. it, that's what I'm saying. Like more than anything, when you can get pressure on Jared from a lot of different angles, and you don't, he doesn't know where it's coming. You just shrink him. It's what the Patriots did to him in the Super Bowl, and not, and not that he's the same Jared from then. But it's like you, yeah. The secret plan to beating Jared Goff is just to get pressure in his face, and you do that all game, and it's going to be a different Jared. He is one of those quarterbacks that does get shaken up. I remember when the Bears were playing a couple of years ago, and it was more just like it when when he was on the Rams, and it was like if you just hit him like early and often, he's going to get shaken up. And it was like it was like the recipe for success. Like you sack Jared Goff, hit him a couple times really hard in the first second quarter, like 
he's not making all the throws he was before. I think he's improved it a little bit, but um, um, I don't know. I mean, I think with the Lions too, you have seen an improvement on defense, but when you look at what the Lions trot out on defense compared to these other like NFC playoff teams, it's nothing special. No, especially with the injuries that have kind of piled up over the year and like, but then also, so I know how to give him another shout out again. And I know I might still be butchering the name. We're, we're going to get there. I, I haven't already wanted to say it yet. That's why I'm just speaking from literally what I'm reading. But shout out to my boy, Ifatu Malfuanu. You know, again, back to, so back to back week was the pick now. And continuing to play great after being certain the lineup only weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a Lions fan, you got to love that. I think it is Melifonwu. Melifonwu. Okay. I think that's how you said. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, three sack day. I mean, at least their stars are performing with how they should perform. I think that's, I think that is kind of the saving grace for the Lions defense. Um, Cowboys, they won, but I don't, I mean, like, I know you feel good about the win, but at the end of the day, like it, they had 23 seconds, but it's not a win. It, it's a win statistically, but I think in almost every NFL fan's book, this is a Lions win. No, and if you're a Cowboys fan, no, exactly. It makes you think to yourself, you know, you're saying to yourself, why will the defense basically choke the choked out with the game on the line? They did. I, they, yeah. this, they did. They got bailed out. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, and I think the saving grace of your Cowboys fan, I guess, in that case is, look, at least Dak heated up again right at the end of the year. If Dak can continue to stay hot, go into the playoffs with two seed. That's still his best case scenario. Shout out to CD Lamb also. Uh, unbelievable this year. Cowboys single season record holder. Insane. Uh, and then also, I think another note I just wanted to say that I think you'd agree with completely is that this Cowboys team, by far at its best when Brandon Cooks is eating with that offense. Yeah. It, when you really have that strong number two in their offense, I think it gives CD Lamb room to really thrive because if you look at that Cowboys offense, like, the run game isn't anything special. CD Lamb is a stud. Jake Ferguson can ball. But if Brandon Cooks isn't eating, it's kind of like what what are it's kind of like the Dak Prescott CD Lamb show, which is fine. But we saw what we see what's happening with Buffalo right now with Stephon Diggs. Just not really, he's not all there right now. So my thing is like the Bills realistically could go 10 and 7, like if you think about it. And that is not what anyone pictured coming into this year. So I think that is kind of what they got to focus on in the offseason, getting some more offensive help. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys have a chance to win their division. CD Lamb has been doing great. Um, next week, I believe they play. They play Washington and Philly plays the Giants. So even if both teams win, Dallas, I believe, will hold the division. Yeah, that's all, Dallas, Dallas just got to win. Okay, gotcha. Um, all right, well. Let's stay in the East, but we'll go to the AFC East. So we got New England at Buffalo. Does Bill Belichick return to New England next year? I think, again, I'm firm on my stance on this. I'm telling him, look, Bill, I'm just staying on it. Same thing has been for me all year. Uh, GM, figuring it out. I'm, I'm I'm taking a lot off your plate. I need you just to focus on keeping this defense to be the most badass defense in the league like you always do. Keep these guys smart. Keep doing what you do, but we're going to make the decisions go for someone else around the roster constructions. You, you're getting older. You need to focus on just team building. That's yeah. what you're going to do. But the way he has his defense every year, I can never. I, I just it is what it is. Like, you know what you're getting with Bill here and get get Bill O'Brien out the building. Like, get, get into a QB room. There's a lot of things that have to happen, obviously. And I think it's things to put it on Bill at this point. It's just like 
it's like my thing is you're getting rid of Bill and then you're going to get rid of all those stuff regardless. I don't think you have a better chance to build back better without him. Where it's like you're going to be building back regardless. You might as well be building with Bill. Right. I agree. I mean, I guess my thing is like unless you want that change of scenery um, or just like kind of a new vibe for your team, then I think you move on. Um, The only issue is, is like, obviously, they need a quarterback. And I just... I don't necessarily trust Bill or anyone he brings in to nurture that quarterback, to make him develop, to help him develop. And Lord knows their offense is not built for it right now. But this is where it gets crazy. Okay. Because this, I, I don't, and it gets funny because I haven't heard anybody talking about it, but it's, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it's been so obvious right in front of our face. There's no doubt about it. Who will be back in New England next year as the OC? Bill O'Brien? No, it has to be Josh McDaniels. You think? I mean, in, in my head, like, like, why not? Like, we know how Bill works. Bill is just like, all right, you want to go do your own thing and you think you're worth more money? Go go make your money. I'll bring you back right when everyone yeah. decides you're not worth what you were worth. But and, it, seeing, and it's already yeah. happened before with him where they they let him go. You know, th- there was a little bit of they didn't they didn't were in a successful without him. And he was also very not successful. And then he came right back and three more Super Bowls. So, you know what I mean? Hey, I'm just saying. I don't I don't think it's out of the cards. I mean, I'm not opposed to that, but like I feel like and it's starting to feel like that kind of rotating coaching staff to me, at least has kind of run its course where it's just like, okay, we've done this for how long? And it's just it. I don't think it has evolved into the modern NFL like that is my main issue with the offense. No, the that's the thing. One hundred percent. That is very true. I, I, my thing is, I just think it's, I just think it, it could happen. Like, I just want to throw it out there because if it happens, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Albeit, I'm not saying it's the best decision. Like, it definitely, I think there's definitely better options on the table. Also, you could argue Aiden O'Connell's had better games under the OC than it was with Josh McDaniels. Oh, no, that's the thing. It's like Josh McDaniels doesn't work as, as a head coach. Like, I think it's kind of like it only works when he's purely in that OC role. Okay. But at the same time, though, it only worked on the Patriots with Tom. And that's, we that's all another can of worms we're going to get into right now, but so, it could happen. So the Patriots currently hold the third overall pick in the draft that could change with week 18, but going over to the bills, the bills will claim the division. If they beat the dolphins next week, who look beatable. And honestly, oh. like, I don't know between these two who I'm picking. I think it's kind of turning into a situation, unfortunately, and I, well, I'll, I'll get into the dolphins and soon here. I'll make this more about the bills. But I think that they're both kind of, uh, and you'd agree, I think we're kind of heading into like, yeah, they're a playoff team, but I don't take them too seriously. I don't take I don't take the Bills too seriously. I just feel like they can show up flat, and it's just like, I feel like there's one of those, they're one of those teams that it's like, they could lose by like two scores. No, like they two could. Touchdowns. And here's the thing, too, is I don't want to take anything away from them. Both of them could still go on a miraculous bull run. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it's out of the cards completely, but... In terms of likeliness, I, I don't. It hasn't been more unlikely to me for for like a team that I like would prefer to go out like you know because we you know how I've been with the Bills for the last few years. It was like, oh, I'd love to see the Bills do it. I think they're gonna do it. I'd love to see them do it, but I think and I think they're gonna do it. And now it's kind of just like I'd love to see them do it, but I don't think they're gonna do it. Well, the frustrating part is too is if they don't do it this year, which it's looking unlikely. Do I, I don't know how much confidence confidence i have in them to get it done over the next two years especially with everything that was going out about sean mcdermott recently yep. St- and stefan we, diggs 
there, in reality, come on. I'm, I, at this point, I'll, I'll be the one to say it. Unless the Bills do win the Super Bowl, uh, do you see a positive? Like, do you see this going in a positive direction this offseason? I mean, I'll just leave it at not that. with Von Miller being a healthy scratch. I mean, it's just like what the, there's that so contra- much shit going on in Buffalo right now where it's just like. Yeah, that was one of the worst contracts I would say in history. Thankfully, it's cuttable. Yeah, very soon. But you're still out $60 million regardless. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing. I'm not really taking like in the NF in the AFC playoff picture, like any team beats the Bills can beat the Bills, I should say. And it's just like. I don't want to feel like that going into the playoffs. No. If anything, the Bill saving grace right now is literally Razul Douglas. Uh, he's been dominant in that Bills uniform. Shout out to him on another two inter- not another, but on a two interception day. Uh, another interception day, though. That's just he's been out. He's been unbelievable in yeah. the Bills uni. Good trade for the Bills. Uh, Ed Oliver. Interception yeah, he, too. <laughs> and he's been dominating three sacks past two weeks. I think if you're a Bills fan, it's perfect timing for that. But there's not a lot of silver linings right now. Minus that. Besides the fact that you probably, or not that you probably, but the, you you have a very good shot to go take the seed from the Dolphins. And uh, other than that, you know, you got to go in four in a row. But We are fairly confident Belichick will be back, but we don't know if Art Smith will be back. We're going to go to our next game, Atlanta at Chicago. Was I not expecting this? I really thought Atlanta was going to come in and really make its push for the division. So. I'm going to propose this to you. Did Justin Fields save his job versus Atlanta or just raise his trade value? I think like we said, I, I think honestly, uh, almost all the decision really comes down to next week. You're in that front office. Like, look, man, and I'll tell you what, man, as a Saints fan, for me, the decision comes down to next week because if Justin can come in there and help save the Saints season, I think I'm right with JF1 and I might be this might be the craziest switch over bandwagon in history. Like like, like JF1 into next year. I, if he can if year. he can go in there and light him up and genuinely light him up. It has not to be like a, some yeah. not some like pass for 130 like no. get some crazy scrambles. Not that we love we love when he does that, but I need to see a, in the pocket dot these boys up. Show me you can do what Jay Love does. You want to know that's what it comes down to yeah. too. Is it's like, look, we can. We're not going to sit around and bullshit. He has to play Jordan Love. Yeah, Jordan Love is really taking a leap. Where yeah. it's like, all right, that really is the guy. It's like, show me you can be that for us. That's what I think it would come down to. Too, like for me this week, it has to. Yeah, no, the Justin Fields, in my opinion, maybe not stat wise, I would probably Washington. Like that was his best game as a quarterback. But I was thinking about this today because. For example, like DJ Moore, this was his fifth 100-yard game, and he had, was it, nine catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown or two touchdowns? I don't remember. But my point being, Mooney was out, okay? Cole Komet basically wasn't there. So any the only person Justin really has chemistry with is DJ Moore that's on the field. So my thing is, the Falcons played man coverage 89% that game. If DJ Moore is beating his corner every time, and you don't have chemistry with anybody else. I'm not saying this was Justin's fault, but basically half over half of Justin's yards came from DJ Moore. So my thing is, if a play, team is playing zone or they double DJ, does Justin have that day? That, that's that that's been our see. That's the thing is that's been part of our questions, and that's why again why I've been so rigid on the, like man when you get Caleb, it's like me you're getting someone really special. Like yeah. that really does a lot of different things. And that's why I'm trying not to be too regency biased either. Cause like every time I go back and watch Caleb tape, I'm just like, dude, 
I know Dude. it's it's tough, man. He's really making it tough because like, because everyone's I like Justin. this hating train with him now. Like, you know, how it's weird how yeah. like people go in these like these things because it was like just even a couple months ago or last year that would have been such the opposite. Like, yeah. if you had any Bears fan, he'd be like, "Oh man, Caleb, just oh, are you kidding me? Give him now." And it, you see how we see how things go, but it's like that's still the same Caleb. I think you know, it's like nothing's changed. Like, I think the thing is like Justin is like regardless of his play is like loved by the city, like. Outside of Jim McMahon, like, please tell me who's been more loved. Like, everyone liked Cutler. No, it's crazy. But, like, they they didn't like him as they, they loved Justin. They didn't Justin want him extended. We, right. we liked him around. But it was like, when it was time to cut him loose, it was time to cut him loose. Yeah. And then when it happened, everyone was distraught. Yeah. With Justin, it's the complete opposite right now. Khalil Herbert, back-to-back 100-yard rushing weeks. Um, but let's talk about the Bears' defense, and then we'll go to the Falcons really quickly. Tyreek Stevenson, four interceptions over the past five weeks. He is their second-round pick out of Miami. Then we have Gravon Dexter, who, um, if you guys don't remember, the Bears passed up on Jalen Carter for a fourth-round pick, moved back to te- moved back one spot, and they took Gravon in the second round as well. And he has been a stud leading interior defensive rookies um, in a couple categories. Even ahead of Jalen Carter just these past was seven weeks, I believe. Um, and the Bears' defense... No more than 20. No, hasn't allowed more than 20 points over the past five weeks is what you put down. That's insane. Because I was looking and I'm like, dude, I knew you guys were on fire, but man, yet Flus is, at, is finally doing what they pay him to do. Yeah. You got to love it. So my thing is, is the Flus juice in full production again? I think, I think, I think actually, the factory got past the health check. The, I, the, the health check's been passed. We have to like see how the product tastes. We have to, you know what I mean? We got to get the product in, in the building. It's like Four loco before they took the caffeine out of it. Exactly. This is what this is right it, now. No, it 100% is. We're like, and, and it could come back better than ever, but you never know. Yeah, the Bears defense is looking elite. And my thing is like, there's just so many questions for the Bears this offseason that we won't get into right now. We can work more on it in the offseason. Uh, so they're going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Content. There's so much. Um, There's just so many variables, but Bears dominated today. Best game of Justin Fields' career, in my opinion. Uh, Falcons, what the fuck? Kyle Pitts, one receptions, five yards. Art Smith, don't don't understand. I don't know. Like I don't think it was necessarily a bad game from the Falcons, but it never really felt close. No, th- this is the reality. This is what it's coming to, and it's crazy. If I'm a Saints fan and I can feel bad for you, that's terrible. Yeah. And why is it that I feel bad for them? Let me be clear. Don't get on me who that you because I'm an objective man. Hear me out. This is the reality. Falcons fans, if we look over the tenure of the past few years as Falcons fan, you'd be like, oh my goodness. Let's review. You're like, oh, Kyle Pitts? Oh, Drake London? Oh, Bijan Robinson? Like, and, and you look at the results every week and you're just like, wait a fucking and minute. The line is pretty good. I was like, dude, there's so many things about the offense. They're all like, terrific. And then you look and you're like, wait a minute, who's this war criminal? Who is that guy on the sideline? Like who's that? The headset, looking like Big Cat. Sometimes Art Smith looks AI generated, and I'm just like, this is this He's is Big Cat with the fucking headset, bro. If AI was cooking up an offense, like no, bro, it's, it's insane. This like, literally, bro. The, Art Smith plays football how I used to play Madden. Like I used to feel bad when I like have bench players that weren't getting plays, so I'd be like, oh, I'll put him in for a couple plays, like get him some touches. Like, I blah, blah, swear blah. Like, you're spot on, bro. This is how Art Smith plays like a little kid playing Madden. Like they want to get everyone touches. Like, no, it's it, and here's but the, the thing. worst part is it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like I just want to say like, this is really a real thing. Can we start the trend justice for K pits justice? One reception, five yards season low, by the way, but I think more than anything, it just highlights uh, this is that Art Smith experience. 
let's take our fourth our fourth overall guy. Let's take our first round guy. Let's take our other first round guy. Like what? They're all top ten picks. I, I, top eight. They're all top eight picks, I believe. Yeah, I'm just you know what I mean. It's like uh, <sighs> Art Smith has to be gone, right? Because their defense is actually not bad either. Even no, though, it, as at this point, the reality of the situation is, if you keep Art Smith. I think if anything, it just sends more of a, a message to locker room. Yeah. And that was the thing too. Is it was I don't know like, if they vibe with him a hundred percent. It was like if they lost locker room, he's he's done. And I'm gonna keep it real. The way they've been playing, especially like you said, this was a game you had a chance to come out and still keep playoff hopes alive completely. Felt flat. And they felt literally deadline flat. Can't Brutal. Happen. Brutal. Um a close game in the AFC. We have Las Vegas at Indiana. Indianapolis, man. I do that now, every <laughs> week. You know what? At this point, they week. just need to be the Indiana Colts. Like <laughs> it's because it kind of rolls off the tongue, right? No, Indianapolis does. You know too, what? But... I'm sure there's a few people. There's got to be people in Indy that say that. Um, yeah. So what is the best route for Las Vegas going forward? Draft QB and coach. Because I think they're all contingent on each other. Coach AP locking in. I think that the Raider way has been, like I said, that Raider way, you can't you can't beat having somebody who's come in and already getting everybody on, on that mindset from literally right. day one. Huge. QB, Aiden O'Connell, very productive backup. You got to move on, though, at least for now. Not You still have to develop behind the scenes. And then if some type of Mason Rudolph situation or something you wanted to have in the future, you know what? I'm not saying it's off, out of the cards. But for right now, got to find somebody else to take over. I don't think going free agency is the route again. I think that with Jimmy G, they probably can have a bad taste in their mouth about that one. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say they're going to go somewhere through the draft. And you're going to have a lot of really good options, especially after last night. Guys rising, stock rising. It, yeah, and then, I don't, but other than that, I think you're going to have to start to consider, like, who, you know, it, who's worth some draft capital? Who can I, you know, move up with here a little? Who can I shake up a little, get a few more second rounders, third rounds? I feel like you want to just, you want to maybe trade away high contracts right now for the Raiders for draft capital. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about Max Crosby, obviously, but anyone else in that realm that you'd want to consider if you're a Raiders fan. You know, I mean, the reality is to go win a Lombardi over the next few years, if they have any chance of doing that, there's going to have to be a lot. And that probably not, it's probably not going to be the next few years, but over the next four to five. They actually have a good amount of draft picks. They have three. Obviously, within the top 100, 11, 42, and 73. Um, I honestly think the unless they trade up, I think Jaden Daniels might be a Raider. Um, I think that might be the reality. I mean, he has if they that that was kind of my point is like if they retain Antonio Pierce, Jaden Daniels would be an enticing pick because he he coached him in high school and I believe at another level. But I did not, not know sure. that. That's yeah. insane. So um, they have. You know, Devontae Adams under contract, regardless if he's moved on. I mean, that would be a guy that you could trade. I mean, he's still productive. Spot on. Um, Max Crosby. Um, that would be really uprooting your team. I think he's kind of one of those guys that's ingrained in the culture. But also, does is this team just overperforming right now? And it's like, are you going to get the same results next year? So it's like... You gotta I got to be really careful. That's about the thing that. is, I think if anything, it does speak to why you keep AP in the building. I think they are performing to what AP is producing them at, too. Okay. I think I think if anything, he's elevating them, which is huge. Yeah. Right now, truly, it's hard to find a coach that really elevates roster. And I think he's been doing that. So it's like credit words to do. Going over to the other side of the ball, 
Um, Jonathan Taylor has been, I would say, worth what they paid him. I mean, he's had injuries here and there. That's any running back. Um, but this team has been playing very great under Shane Steichen, kind of showcasing maybe what led the Eagles to be so, so strong. Um, they have a good, they just have the Colts are just overall everywhere have like decent pieces. Like nothing is crazy good, but they're, they're good enough to beat like good teams. No, for sure. And yeah, I had to get, we had to give the shout out real quick. Jonathan Taylor, four straight games, least a touchdown scored. And with that, and that's with, if I'm not mistaken, he only has seven on the year. I have to go double check. I'm going to look right now. I know it was either, if it was either seven or nine. He has six rushing touchdowns, I believe. I, I, I might be off. All I'm, yeah, even if it's six, whatever. My math's all off early morning. I'm sorry, boys. But the point is, he's been scoring the majority of his touchdowns over the past four weeks, which is awesome if you're a Colts fan because... No, he has, yeah, he has six rushing touchdowns. Okay, so he's... And so, one receiving. So it's... So yeah, so he's literally seven. on like the recent... Recently, I mean, it's like all his production is becoming... But perfect timing, like I always say. And then also... Zaire Franklin, really good chance to be the NFL tackling leader this season. He's got 170 as of right now. Um, it's two ahead of Bobby Wagner at 168. And uh, the way the Colts are out there on defense recently, it's kind of, they, they're like kind of on the field a lot, but then they're still, they make it work. So I'd say Zaire has a real good chance to go and take that tackling title this year. Very impressive because, I mean, they let Okariki walk to the Giants and they were able to fill his spot right away. And I he mean, basically came and took uh, Shaq Leonard's spot and just said, you know what, I, yeah. uh, I'm i the new tackle leader. I'm the new uh, I'm the new just number one linebacker town. Shaq Leonard signing with the Eagles was uh, probably the wrong move. Probably should have went to Dallas. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll get to those Eagles. Yeah. So the Colts um, are currently in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, another team that pretty much locked in their playoff hopes. Actually, they did lock it in is the Los Angeles Rams. So we're going to go into our next game, which is Rams and Giants. Now, obviously, the Giants are eliminated. So, Dobbs, I'm going to ask you this. What is the next step for the Giants this offseason? You've got a lot of questions at quarterback. This team started off really, really rough. What are you doing? I'm going to be honest with you. The Cowboys are they're not the Cowboys. The Giants are one of the most just confusing situations in the entire league. And that's the problem is I honestly don't even know where exactly where I would start because what makes it even more confusing is when you got the coach that you like, you're like, well, he is the coach. But at the same time of things, I, I don't guess really believe in him all that's that much. The thing is that after this year, you definitely have doubts in your mind. And then it's like, where do we go from here? Like, like Daniel Jones was not it. Where do you find the, where do you start moving on from Daniel Jones? Um, Saquon is going to be a free agent again. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not going to re- bring him back. Can't, what's the point for yourself and him? Like, cause let, let's take one go with chance to win a Lombardi, uh, please. And then it's like the receiving core. It's, it, you got solid pieces on it at best, but there's no like, they're not moving the needle. No. And tight end, you're not moving the needle. Darren Waller was not the trade. I, and that's not really their fault because, I'm going to be honest, it looked like great value at the time. But in hindsight, they would really like to have that third round pick right now. Yeah. So I think the Giants uh, thought they were going to be way better than they were this year. I think everybody thought the Giants were going to be way better than they were this year. I didn't year. fall for the trap. I, do, I, I remember, I think I had like, like seven wins. Did. And everyone has hate did. on me. No. It just didn't make sense. Like, we we said at the beginning of the year that 
they might be better, but the record is not going to show it. It is not going to show it. And they're not better. And the record's not definitely better. not showing it. Like, it's, they're, they're 0 for 2. No. Um, well, yeah, the Giants are kind of a shit show. The Rams are not a shit show. And I don't want to play them if I'm any NFC team in the playoffs. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to touch this team because it is so explosive randomly. Like, what, did Kyron Williams had three touchdowns? Yeah, and it, five. so five rush touchdowns over the past three weeks also. And then, I, like, Stafford finally ended the red-hot streak, but, like, he still threw for 300-plus yards. And I feel like it was like, this was the perfect pump of the road game against the Giants. It's like, all right, you know what? Bounce back. Next and they week. still won. Exactly. It's like, it's just, it feels like it was, like, great timing to have that bad game, but it still wasn't even, like, a bad game. This this year for the Rams has been um, un, under or overperforming guys that were definitely undersold oh 1000 percent. like byron young up to seven sacks in the season and then also kobe turner as i had to throw this stupid shit in here but kobe turner more like kobe turning elite three and a half sacks okay, over the okay, past okay. two weeks nine sacks in the season but i'm serious kobe turner like if you are listening to this and you don't know who kobe turner is and you have been watching kobe turner turn on the fucking tape uh he's elite and I think he is going to be an all-pro over the next few years. Genuinely, a future all-pro talent. Unbelievable up there in the middle. He's going to be scaring your QB if you don't know him yet. Soon enough, he'll be scaring you. And uh, Aaron Donald, second two-sack game of the season. Perfect timing, question mark? Probably perfect timing. Um, yeah, the, the the Rams team, obviously, like the core has experience in the playoffs. So it's not like you're going to be facing this super young, inexperienced team. At the most important positions, you have guys that can get it done. And I feel like all the young guys are going to follow suit. Um, yeah, I know I wouldn't want to play them. Puka Nakua, 28 yards to break the rookie receiving record. It's happening. Is that on the first over, drive overall or is it just the Rams? No, no, overall. Like, Oh, wow. And yeah, and uh, even more impressive is that the guy who holds the record right now currently, I, I sure what was out. I, I'm, let me, I have to get his name out here. I can't just shortchange him and say that guy. Hold on. No, it's that guy. Uh, his, so Bill Groman, 1960. This motherfucker Ew. had 1,473 yards. There's some what things that happen in football history where I'm just like, how? Like, what, yeah. in what world and did every pass go his way? That's awesome. Well, that was Bill. like when Mike Dicka had a thousand yard season as a tight end and a rookie. Like, what the fuck? Shout out to Bill Groman, man. Shout out to Bill Groman. <laughs> that is insane. Um, we'll stay in the NFC here. We're going to go to Cardinals versus Eagles. Are the Eagles cooked? Are they cooked? Did, were they were they cracked in a fucking pan, fried up, and served? See, the thing is, it, 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 this feels like a trap because I never, I'm never, I'm not going to say that they're cooked. Like that's just it. It could be way too much of a trap. That's like yeah. meme fuel. Meme if fuel. If they go on with we the whole thing, been, I can't. We I haven't put in an edit. We've been putting an edit before. I can't set myself up for meme fuel. But what I will say is, over the past two years, they've never felt more cooked. They never felt more fried in a pan. And I think, if anything, you could definitely. We all. It leads back to one thing. It's the, it's the fact that this defense has been an absolute shell well, of itself. So, and the offense, too. But the offense is still holding weight where it's like the defense is just like. Yeah, but even if the defense was performing how it should, obviously, I do not think we'd be talking about the Eagles nearly as much as we are and mo most people are. But there are definitely chemistry issues on the offense right now. And I saw a report that came out. So you know who... Uh, you know, Patricia is now the DC. That, Before that was the it was Sean thing. Desai. Sean Desai is a disciple of Vic Fangio, 
who was once in Chicago, then I believe Desai went to Seattle, and then he's in Philadelphia. It came out that basically the players didn't believe Desai could handle it. So that is why I believe they went to Patricia. Well, now you're seeing the same thing on offense with Brian Johnson, who is apparently one of Jalen Hurts' family friends. He knows him. I don't know the exact connection, but maybe not the most best person for that job, such a high-powered offense. Yeah, I mean, no, it's just, it's just I, I, they broke. I can't believe the Eagles would break the Cardinal rule of business, essentially. Where it's like, why would you? Why why would you bring somebody that was? And if you started with them, it's different. But it's like then that's just like that's a nepotism. And then and then people around it start to feel weird about it. It's like, wait a minute. I'm not saying he didn't deserve the job to have an offensive coordinator job. It's not what I'm saying at all. I'm sure the man has worked very hard and he's deserves a spot. All I'm saying is when you put him with someone, it's family. It gets a little bit weird. Well, also, I want to make this very clear. I don't think Jalen Hurts has been playing elite, but it's definitely not like a Jalen Hurts thing. He went from being MVP halfway through the year to, I don't know, PVM. And he reversed. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. not, and like, I don't even know what else to say. And I'm not, not that he, again, it's that, that's where it's like, I don't want to be clear though. I'm not putting this all on Jalen Hurts. Like, yes, right. Jalen Hurts is clearly not the same version of himself last year. I think he's kind of laboring out there a little bit more, but it, it, that's getting too much attention where I think it has much more to do with the fact that the offense is just not good right now. No. It's not the fact that he's laboring that isn't, that makes it not good. It's the fact that, it's just not good. And then him, him not being fully, fully healthy on top of it is just cherry on top. I mean, he still has 3,800 passing yards, 600 rushing yards, and a total of 38 touchdowns between the two. Um, the issues with him have been more of the turnovers. Um, but yeah, A.J. Brown, not over 100 receiving yards in four straight weeks. Julio Jones with two touchdowns. What the fuck? That is just what the fuck. Like uh, in, in 2024 now, I mean, it didn't happen in 2024. But I think a more surprising thing, though, is like one sack on the day for the Eagles. And that's all we heard about in the offseason was, oh, my God, the Eagles got Jalen Carter like their line is over with. And like their offensive line is getting older. Their defensive line is getting older. And it's like if these guys don't step up all the way, like. I don't know, I I just with Jalen's contract, I'm very interested to see. I don't see the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I don't see them making it back just so interesting to see what they'll be next year yeah no it's gonna be a very very interesting offseason super bowl going over to the cardinals franchise qb kyler murray something that was not talked about at the beginning of the year everyone thought that he was gone the eagles i i mean when we were doing the game picks i i picked philly but i was like this is gonna be a dallas arizona game just like the beginning of the year it just felt like it and it was. This was it was insane. I think yeah. I just got to give a shout out to words due on the Cardinals. We'll start with the negative. A zero sack day for the Cardinals again. I think really rehighlights pass rush has got to be such a heavy focus upcoming in this draft. And they you, still won. And they still won. But you they, they got to right. hammer home on these pass rushers because you got good rotational guys. You got good guys you can have like B Joe Jalari. Like I like the young guys you have, but I don't think he moves needle for me as a guy you want to have in there every down or like early downs. Like you got to have guys in there for different situations. The Cardinals, you got to get, you got to get edges. Not even right. just pass rushers. You got to, got to have guys that can set the edge a little bit better. That's why I think it's best for them to trade out. No, I, I agree completely. And then also just, you know, the Trey McBride train still rolling. Hasn't had a game under five receptions since Kyler returned. And then finally, I just want to say, uh, Michael Carter on minimal touches, very productive in the Cardinals uniform. I had a yeah. feeling when the Jets let him go, it's kind of like, what's, what are they doing? Yeah, it was weird. Another, de- it's another decision where you're looking at the Jets this year and you're kind of like, 
who's making the fucking decisions out here? But we won't, I won't get back to the Jets. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had uh, Izzy Abaconda, but he fouled. He like uh, fumbled on that kickoff recently. Uh, but anyway, James Conner has been playing well as as well. Um, I think I think the Cardinals, the as as bad as they are, they're probably one of the they're probably one of the least worst. The least bad, bad teams. Oh, yeah. And they there. have a great you have a great feeling around the future. The culture. Yeah. The culture. Like it's like it's, this feels like we're heading the right direction. A battle for possibly the best division in football. The NFC South. We have Saints at Bucks. Does this game say more about the Saints or the Buccaneers? <sighs> Can I say neither? Yeah. Can I say I'm just like I'm so for whatever reason. I'm like surprised, but unsurprised because the Bucks, the Saints and the Falcons are basically like doing a three way handshake right now. Ew. Oh, it's crazy. But I mean, no, like and they're not and not that they're all the same. They all have different reasons that they're the, that they are the same. Right. That makes sense. You have to stick with me here for a sec. They're the same with different reasons that they're the same. It's weird, but it's like yeah, they could show up on any given Sunday and like surprise somebody or like play a lot better than they're supposed to. But then inevitably they come back to their, their normal selves, which is a poorly coached unmotivated unit and that's the bucks and the same like it's the, they're the same meme. team shaking yeah, hands meme. Like, team. it's just ridiculous um i mean baker struggled played fine later hopefully he'll be okay next week i mean with this bucks team they are so flat half the time uh not half the time i don't want to say that but it's like it's kind of like watching the Bills sometimes. Well, I think technically it is half the time. I mean, shit, they're, yeah. they're 500, so we can say it literally I'm, almost say half the time. It's just like sometimes, like sometimes that's what I get when I watch the Bills, where I'm just like, oh, there's no energy here. Like sometimes it feels like these guys just show up for a paycheck, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like harsh. Like I get it, but it's just like sometimes, like you can see, it feels like there's just not belief in the players of themselves of no the team. That, that's exactly how it feels that no and i'm speak, speak even sometimes as the saints it's the same thing like it's uninspiring right. you're like what's what, what is going on here um but to, to the statistics here look saints stay alive you know obviously now i we're, we're sitting around a on an average of a 30 percent playoff chance it's not terrible but at the same time it's not great and then look Derek carr past four weeks at least just, if you're you know a saints fan you can look and say look 10 touchdowns two interceptions at least Derek carr is really starting to find the footing right in this pete carmichael offense if P. Carmichael's there next year, I don't know what the, what's going on. Well, that's the whole thing, too. It's like, is he finding his footing in a dying offense anyway? It, well, it's always I guess, fun at the end of the year when decisions have to be made and your team's doing better than they ever have. Right. Like, stay, it's like, stay tuned, I guess. But I won't be disappointed, I guess, really, no matter what the decision is, as long as we can keep Peru next year. But Desha- uh, or Jawan Johnson, three weeks in a row with touchdown. That's huge, especially on the new contract. And then just Jonathan Abram, uh, plus Alante Taylor, shout out. They both played great weeks, had a pick. Jonathan Abram came out of nowhere and was playing like all pro for this week. It's crazy. And then onto the Bucks, like you're still able to control and playoff destiny. But at this point, call me crazy. Yeah, like the, the obviously it feels incredibly unlikely for them to lose to the Panthers. But how unmotivated yeah. that they can be. They just lost to a 26 nothing to a CJ Beathard led Jags, though. Like, I can somehow see that, though. Yeah, like, I know. I can I know. somehow like, see. How the fuck do the Panthers come out? In Lambo, like and an almost Eddie, beat the pack, like an Eddie Pinero game winner again. Like, I Ugh. just somehow can you see it? I don't know. Somehow, so let me ask you this because this game was kind of like a nothing burger for the most part. Which team, if only one of them makes the playoffs, has a better team at winning? Better, t- better chance at winning, I should say. Uh, I, 
Well, with what I've seen from the Saints this year against good teams, unfortunately, I'd have to say the Bucs, if I'm being honest. I would say the Bucs Because as well. the Saints, when they, uh, uh, like, almost every time against, except for against, like, the Colts this year, we got to play somebody who's above an average team at the moment. It's just like, they just fall flat line. So, yeah, as of right, and the Bucs usually do, too. But I think the Bucs at least show me once or twice that they don't every time. So, yeah, with that said, I'm going to lean Bucs. Okay. Um, with the Saints and Bucks fighting for their division, we have the San Francisco 49ers who have already locked up their division. So we go to San Francisco at Washington. Are the 49ers a Super Bowl lock in the NFC? You know, I'm not ready to say lock yet. No, like I think we, we've seen that you, you can crack this team, right? It's just it's a matter of who can do it in the playoffs right. if someone can do it in the NFC. Obviously, I do think it's likely. It's likely. That they could, you know, pull it out. But I could, yeah, we always say like the early seasons matchups don't matter that much. Like I could see the Cowboys coming back for revenge. I, I could see, see that as the well. Eagles getting on a run, miraculous run and mm, find the way I back don't know there. If I see that one as much. That, that was the thing is it's not, I don't see as much, but it's like, I just, I'm not going to count them out all the way. Right. I'd say though, if you're giving, if I'm giving percentages, there's about a 75, you, you flick both coin three out of four times. And it's three out of four times. It's going to go the Niners way. I'm honestly more confident in the Rams beating them than the Lions. Just because of Stafford and oh, and um, McVay Shanahan connection type thing. Oh, one thousand percent. The Rams, the thing, the Rams too. Like, there's there's definitely teams in there that I I can't say they're a lock, but I'll say that I I'm very confident in them. So Brock Purdy turned it around. CMC is probably out until the playoffs. That bye week that the 49ers possibly were gifted um, is going to do them right. Yeah. That's that's another thing you got. It's like, hold on a minute. Did they just did the Lions just get hoed out so the Niners can rest? Like, wait a fucking minute. I don't know, man. I don't know. Hold on the fucking phone, dude. Brock Purdy, um, what was it? 78% completion percentage, um, 230 yards, two touchdowns. Just an impressive day from the 49ers, but not like super impressive. I don't know. It was a, it was a weird game because well, wasn't they, it like tied at halftime? It was or something also like one that? of those games, though. I feel like it's kind of like the Niners just knew what they had to do. You know, like they just had to keep it. They just had to keep the ball moving on the yeah, ground. Yeah. They just had to keep chewing that clock. And it was like our defense is playing so good. We just got to not make a big mistake. Yeah. And also, like I would say this time of the year, nobody really talks about this, but this is one thing I'm always big on. I feel like you don't want to put out a ton on tape. You know, like you're going to you don't you're going to like reserve as much as you can. That's fair, especially when it's a team like um, the commanders where you're not really worried about losing to them. I mean, every team is going to come to play, but the commanders have been kind of in some turmoil lately. Um, Brandon, Ayuk continues to ball. They got to pick up his I believe got to pick up his fifth year option soon. Or extend. He's going to want that fat extension. Oh, he's going to want a bag. He's and it's going like, to threaten. He's going to be threatening over that bag. I don't blame him. He, realistically, can you up. pay him though? That's what's going to be interesting next year. Because there's like there's always the situations where they say, "Hey, you don't want to pay me what I know I'm worth, and you just want to like pay me to sit this year." Could could I you be that guy if they don't win the bowl this year, or if they do, I guess it gives you more oh, incentive. Then, then because then you're gone. already the job's done. I guess in your opinion, it's like yeah. I now y'all really got to pay me. So I think either way, that's something to keep your eye on this offseason. Nobody's oh. talked about yet, but let's move to the commanders. Um, Sam Howell just is he, is he gone for sure? I think he's definitely not gone, but backup role like he, you keep him on the roster for certain. Oh, yeah. But 
it's yeah, I think this only adds to the speculation that you, you ha- kind of now have to move on to a new QB one. Zero sacks for the commanders. Their just, defense is just atrocious. The, the, genuinely, the decision to trade away both of the edge rushers. I understand. I could have. I would have understood one. Like, imagine you traded Chase and either Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne. One, you would have netted more capital. And two, you probably would have a sack. No, but here's my thing, too. Then I guess also I'm starting to think, like, on the other hand, they no, 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 probably they have a sack. knew that this was going to happen. It was a it was it was a team sack. Apparently. I don't I don't know. That's what is ESPN is saying. ESPN is saying one team sack, but it's not crediting it to anybody. Yeah. So however, I guess however you want to maybe everyone tackled them. I don't know. Yeah. However you want to go about that. Here's but the reality is this. They, they get their pass rush is dead. No, Whether it's that, done. The pass rush is dead. I, I think now I'm looking at it from a bipartisan perspective. Maybe the ownership group knew this was going to happen and they were like, you know what? We want to suck as much as possible. Get that draft pick as high as possible. Let's just ship out everybody and rebuild from there. If you want to look at it like that, then I guess it makes sense. They do currently hold the number two pick in the draft. The run game is also dead. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson really not doing much. Yeah, it's it's a mess. But at least you are in a, I guess you could say a directional mess because the ownership group is probably looking to just scrap and rebuild. Oh, yeah. Moving into my favorite game of the week, we have Carolina (laughs) at Jacksonville. Do the Panthers have any hope for the future? You know, I'm glad you led with that because it leads me right into my first point. I don't know if they have any future with this fucking jackass running the show over there uh, with in, in David Tepper. And I, you guys know me. Let me clear. I, I don't like to be like insulting towards anybody or label people's mean names. But look, David Tepper has shown this year, to my opinion, he, he is in jackass territory. And especially with <laughs> jackass the... Uh, no, the nerve you have to know you could potentially be on video and to throw a drink on somebody. Let me be clear. I don't know the situation circumstance. Could the fan have been acting like a complete absolute moron jackass himself and completely been like, quote unquote, deserving of that interaction? However you want to look at But my thing is, I don't ever look at things like that where it's like, no matter how much somebody's going to be an idiot or something like that, you're, you're, you have to be the guy in charge. You're the guy leading. You can't be the guy to retaliate and look like an idiot also. Well, especially when you're a billionaire and the guy is paying for probably, what, 200, 300 level seats type thing? You it's know just, what I'm it's a terrible look. And it's it's more than just that. It, there's a lot of things. I think the arrogance he shows, there's, there's a lot of things about David Tepper right now if you're a Panthers fan too. It's not, this is not just me. This is, this is... A, I should want David Tepper in there as long as possible. Again, as a Saints fan, I should be endorsing Tepper forever. But I'm an honest Tepper guy. Tepper forever. Tepper forever. But the reality is, man, I think as long as you keep his ass in the building, which is his, that's the problem. You, nobody can fuck, tell him to fuck off. He's got to tell himself to. So it's like, as long as he decides to keep himself in that building, I, I just don't really see the vision. Nothing's going on with the receiving core. It's just a bad look. Because I mean, this was the thing with David Tepper again. I'm not to interrupt, but you, you're going to cheese because we have to bring him back up. I want to remind everybody again: this, this, this jackass declined two first round picks for Brian Burns, who's not worth two first round picks. Seven sacks this year, I think. I mean, he's good, but he ain't. That's that's yeah, yeah. But, he's what? The, uh, br- hey, help me out here, David. Help me understand. Get me, get me in the mind of David Tepper. Thank apply you. pressure, apply pressure, Panthers fans. Actually, I love David Tepper because he just gave the Chicago Bears the number one overall pick, DJ Moore, another first. Uh, so that first round pick, and we have a second from you in 2025, which will probably be at the top of the round. Bears so, hero, yeah, no, Bears hero, Lovey Smith, and now Bears hero, David Tepper. 
build a fucking statue. That is All crazy. Right. Um, CJ Beathard led the Jaguars to a win. If they control their own destiny for the playoffs for the champion for the AFC South division title, but they do play the Titans. And I don't necessarily know if that feels like a trap. Yeah. It feels like a weird game. Kind of scared. Um, Trevor Lawrence did not play. Don't know about next. So it makes it worse. So here's what I will say. Evan Ingram. I really liked last year. He's been having a great year. I think he's one of the most under talked about players this year. Evan Ingram has been a force for the Jaguars. Every game when they have receiving issues, Evan Ingram is never a problem. Evan Ingram has been consistent. Give props to him. Evan Ingram. You're a dog. Their defense, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen studs. They, no, I, it's starting. To, I, yeah, the one thing that's still relying this year, if you're a Jags fan, is at least you can look in the mirror and say, like, you know what? The Trayvon pick doesn't definitely not look as bad as like last year. I don't. It doesn't look great when you see what Aiden's doing, but it definitely is like, you know what? We see what Trayvon can do, and yeah. he was definitely a top 15 player. There's no doubt about it. Top 15 player about it. Uh, top 10, 15. As long as yeah, he's a first I, round I pick. About yeah. 10, I'm like, but you know what? Yeah, he was. He is a very electric and unique player, and at least you can look in the mirror and say that. Travis Etienne had a good game. Yeah, no, um, I had this game on while I was watching the Bears game, and yeah, man, I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie, but I was actually, everyone was really nervous when CJ Beathard was playing, but I was like, Trevor's been playing like shit. Like, I would rather have someone who just comes in and game manages. As of right now, yeah, no, and that's why it, it, I think next week against the Titans, though, CJ Beathard, if he's oh, played no, versus no, no. the Titans, it, that's, it, that feels like a I serious think, trap. I think Trevor kind of has to play just because it's like, you may there's a chance you don't make the playoffs if the Texans win, you lose, and the Colts win. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, no, because if I'm not mistaken, I believe I, I let me. I think the Colts play the Texans next week, so that's a big thing too. Yeah, it's all. It's, so it's, I it's, believe it's next all week, dependent on if the yeah exactly yeah. The Texans won and they yeah next week is all divisional games. Every every game next week is the divisional game. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I just want to say Panthers fans keep pounding, man, keep pounding, yeah, keep pounding the the table for David Tepper. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Just, yeah, some I don't even know. Just get, get David Tepper out of there. So we're going to move over to the stinker of the week. We got Miami at Baltimore. Um, Are the Ravens a lock for the Super Bowl in the AFC? I think that's like a resounding yes. See, this thing is, it's a trap. Like, it's, it's, it's a, a trap. trap. Okay. Not that, I think that there's a 95% chance that they, they, that they will. Like, 95? they look like 95%. Okay. They're, they're, I'm like, yeah, no. But then... There's always that, that element that I stick with where it's like, and uh, I, I'll, you know what? I'll use my own boys as an example. My own boys right here. When the Saints were, when we, albeit the robbery that happened in that NFC championship. But hear me out. That's what I'm going to say. Because we still played really bad in the NFC championship despite the robbery. And this is the thing is, that whole year, every good team we played, I'm talking about blowing them out, especially late in the year. Like the Eagles that won the Super Bowl the year before us, we were blowing teams out like 49 to 3. And it was like, oh man, the Saints team is unstoppable. And I remember everyone saying that. And it's like, ah, right now, yes. But it has to be week to week. And it's like, if they right. can't maintain the same level of dominance and they run into somebody that's firing hotter that week, it can happen. Like, I, I know it could happen. It's, so it's like, is it likely that that happens? No, because they are very, very hot and disciplined, sound. They have everything filled, special teams, offense, defense. But it gets like, that was the Saints too. So it's like, I've seen it literally firsthand with my own squad. Where it's like, mm. I just can't say that they couldn't run into somebody that's right just to give them work that week. That's fair. Take him to a very close game and, pu- and push it out. I could, it could happen, but I don't think it will. Lamar MVP, Gus Edwards, 13 rushing touchdowns. I mean, the Ravens are just clicking on all 
facility, all factors. And Lamar definitely, I mean, I think he's locking up the MVP like you were saying. Oh, no. And also, remember when a team could have had him for two firsts? You know, I was going to say, side note, uh, yeah. Hey, thanks, boys, for uh, choosing Derek Carr over Lamar Jackson. That was yeah. that was big dubs. Big W over here. Well, it's also yeah. like, I know they became available at different times, but like people were willing to pay Deshaun Watson and that money. And like, literally, I, saw, I, I don't get it, man. I, oh, yeah. I side note. Yeah, yeah. I was pissed off literally driving over thinking about that. This it just came to my head randomly. Some NFL collusion. Yeah, that, that was uh, Isaiah Likely and uh, Zay Flowers have been turning up for the Ravens as well. Geno Stone up to six interceptions. Geno Stone might officially be the most underrated player in the league. I'm not even kidding. I'll or, be, or Gus Edwards, too. It'll be interesting to see if Geno Stone goes into the offseason and gets a bag and performs the same. I'm really interested to see that because that Ravens defense is very good. And it might just be like putting him in a position to succeed. Oh, I was going to say, I would not be surprised if it's a type of situation where they decide if he asks for a little too much, where they're like, you know what? That's fine. We believe it's a scheme. You know, like you can go make yeah. your, like Patriot stuff. Like you can go make your money elsewhere. And if you know, and if it doesn't work out, we'll be here for you. So what is kind of the issue with the Finns right now? I think it's the same thing that it's been all year. Like, well, number one, they're, they're just not healthy all the way. Like mm-hmm. they're just not healthy on the edges, which is huge. Like that, them losing... I just the the way they have these past couple weeks, past few weeks, it's just been detrimental. When you mm-hmm. lost, when you lose Jalen, and now you lost Bradley, I think if anything, that's kind of like it's almost season ending. I hate to say, but especially to go against the Ravens. I mean, let's just call it what it is. You already we saw it the first time. Well, now also, you're not gonna have Bradley. It's like I mean, it's like cause that's the team we believe you're gonna have to get past. Luckily, they had you do have a bright spot with like. A Chan, like A Chan, is like in my opinion, like we know what he is, what he is, and what he kind of can be. So, I mean, that's something to look forward to. I mean, honestly, like the Dolphins are just one of those teams, in my opinion, where super hot and cold. Like, I don't know if I'd want to play them, but at the same time, I do want to play them. It's like it's weird. They're they're a wild card. That's the thing, exactly. It's like let me be clear: could they still go win the Super Bowl? Like, yes. But I just back to the likeliness factor. No, I don't think it's likely at all. And it's really weird saying that about the two seed in the AFC. I just think right? is, I have a feeling that they might even just choke that out next week too. I do too. Like I, I don't really know. do. It feels really big. It feels like right now they are on a slipping slope. Definitely a, not a rising one. A slipping slope. They're on the slippy slope. They're not on the. They're not on the fucking. What do they call that shit? They're not on the, the thing. That's, escalator. They're not on the ski escalator. They're on the slope. Um. Let's go to another AFC South matchup. We have Tennessee at Houston. Are the Texans a real playoff threat? Again, I, being honest with just being honest, I think this year they're not like a threat to maybe mm-hmm. win more than one game, right? Like okay. anybody's a, anybody's a threat to sneak out one when you, when you get there. But I don't think they're really a threat to sneak out like more than one. But like we said last week, and we'll, I will keep saying. Over the next couple years, there's the sky's the limit. One more fire off season of all the right decisions. Good draft. And picks. CJ, yeah, CJ developing. I mean, you're in position with anybody, truly, especially the way the AFC's been. I mean, minus really the Ravens this year, uh, it kind of feels like wide open, right? I mean, in terms of like the, the way the Chiefs have been recently, not that they won't figure it out. I mean, it's all a contingent on season to season, but like, man, the Texans are going to be right there with anybody if things can stay the way that they stay right now. Nico Collins is going to be big for them. Will Anderson, I think everyone said that they overpaid in capital. 
And while they might have, I don't think it was necessarily like the worst move in the world. Like he's been showing up recently and that defense has also. He's been showing up recently. And it was like the thing too with Will. We, you know, if, at least if you were paying attention, you knew what you were getting where it was like, he's a little, not undersized, but yeah, undersized. Like we're going to have to build bulk him up a little. He's going to have to take a little bit of time to get used to playing on these bigger blockers and getting off these blocks. But once he gets comfortable, he will be a monster. And that's literally exactly what territory we're heading in. If anything, you could say for a Texans fan, it actually happened earlier than per se some people would have perceived the curve to take. When you're 6'3 and you're like 250, a little hard to make that jump going against guys that are all like 300, 6'7, yeah. 6'6, six, 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 and 6'5. Six, but he's made the jump and now he's making the adjustment and we're seeing exactly what Will Henderson is. He's a dominant, dominant edge rusher. So Damian Pierce fall off like hell. Yeah, what's like up hell. with that? I just think he doesn't fit the scheme and... I think that's what happens when you have like a late round running back like who has a great year and then it's like you're well you're replaceable. You know, like you're very replaceable. Like we drafted you in the fifth round. Um he was insane at Florida though. Shots to D. Oh no, he was. Um yeah, I really like the Texans future. Now, talking about the Titans future. Who do you think is more likely to be back in Tennessee next year? Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, or Mike Vrabel? I think Mike Rabel probably. You think? But yeah, because if you're the Titans, you want to keep him. I think if anything, if anything, Mike Vrabel's the one that would potentially be like deciding he's out. I've been seeing that him and the GM are not seeing eye to eye on a lot of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. It's even more interesting when you remember that a few years ago, they fired the old GM. Yeah. Who was that? The guy that I don't. Is he on the Cardinals now? I don't remember. However, I do know that the decision, like we said, the reason it happened was because of the A.J. Brown trade. Yeah. No, 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 no. John Robinson was the GM. Monty Ossenfort is the, yeah, the GM Cardinals. for the cards. Yeah. Great name, by the way. Yeah, very good name. Shouts to Monty. Um, yeah, but I think Derrick Henry might be slowing down, man. It's the saddest thing of the year for us. I think we could agree on our, our love of King Henry. Yeah. Especially on my dynasty team. And it's crazy because he has a thousand yards. <laughs> That's the thing. No, like let me be clear. I think there's still stuff. There's still is there's juice in the tank. He can play, but I don't think they can give him the workload like he does. Now. I was gonna say maybe not. Like maybe he's like a split starter now. Like just and for and it's best for everybody. Yeah. Like it's best for him and the team. Yeah. Wherever he lands, wherever he stays. Pittsburgh at Seattle, week eighteen. Mike Tomlin has announced that Mason Rudolph is gonna be the starter. Is this the end of the Kenny Pickett era in Pittsburgh as a starter? Wait, is that what he said? I saw, I saw, yes, because I saw your note, so I looked it up. But yes, Mason Rudolph is going to be the starter. Okay, interesting, because initially he said something kind of cryptic where it led me to believe it was going to be Kenny. Okay, so then, yes, I do believe that that's the right move. Why would you take the hot hand out? It just, that does not make any sense, especially when we've seen how volatile Kenny can be. Yeah, I think of anything, you, you have to leave Mason in there. That's what I was, that's what I was going to lead with. It. I, was, I think Mike Tomlin lost his mind. <laughs> Thankfully, he didn't. So it's funny because last week we said playing Mason Rudolph was a mistake. And people are in Steelers fans are in our comments talking. Mason Rudolph's a mistake, dude. He's been a third string quarterback for how long? Like, regardless of how he's playing now. Keep the energy. Keep the energy when he has a dud game. No, you know what I'm, I'm saying, saying like, no, it, that's that. Well, if anything, yes, exactly. It's like. It's like the lesser of evils approach. Like, it's like you kind of chose the lesser of the evils right now. It's not like you're picking your winner. So I think it's pretty clear that Matt Canada is a war criminal um, because Najee Harris looked like the worst football player I've ever seen with Matt Canada at the helm. Yeah. No, Najee Harris has definitely been the heaviest beneficiary of losing out on Matt Canada. 
Yeah, I, I mean George Pickens has been playing better as well. I don't, I don't know. I just have that's a better, like a Mason thing. I feel like of anything that's and that's anything more more of a detriment to the Kenny train. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not looking good for the Steelers right now. Um, just in terms of like, obviously they're winning games, but my thing is from a chemistry issue. Like, do you going into next year? Like, I feel like there's gonna be some big changes whether we see it or not just like kind of how things are run like there's a weird vibe on the Steelers right now in my opinion no yeah 100 percent. like it, it, i think if anything it feels like the qb situation needs to be addressed but then also there's a lot of things on the o-line there's there's a lot of receiving core things it's like it's just and there's guys in defense getting older you're gonna start thinking yeah. about replacing sooner than later like tj watt like how like i know he who he is like he is a hall of fame player but how long are you gonna ride that train i i think if i think the steelers are gonna be obviously they're gonna hold on to him as long as they can and yeah. as they should but it's thing of anything you got to have other guys besides just tj because everyone else is getting older cam's getting older well they have fucking patrick peterson playing corner that's a great point yeah you got pat people like that's and not that joey's not obviously you got your new corner one but yeah exactly like there's a lot of questions and not and if even not just questions there's a lot of answers needed because there won't yeah. be a question there will be a, a spot to be filled because someone's either going to get too old and not be able to play not you're not paying them spots to fill and steals have got to figure it out let's go to seattle geno smith playing some of his best ball um but my thing is like I don't really. I look at this Seattle team after what they did last year. Seattle's eight and eight right now. I don't really see like the improvement. No, he's playing. It's the thing too. Is like he's playing his best ball, but the, his best ball of the past this season is over the past three weeks. It's six touchdowns, one interception, and it's not like needle moving numbers. It's like yeah, he's playing good ball, but and it feels like the Seahawks had like the best position to try to move up and get a get a get like a quarterback last year. Like they're going to, they have to do something. No, bring no, Russ that, back. That's why I like, that's what I'm saying. Like right now it's the reality situation is like, that's what I'm saying for a Seahawks fan. It's like, you're, you're in a very odd territory where it's like, you're fun and everybody loves you, but it's like, do you really like, is there actually any longevity or any hope at a Lombardi? Right. Right. Like, ask yourself these serious questions. That's what we've been asking all year. And I think that the whole Gino, it, redemption kind of overshadowed the reality of the team yeah what a great story that now everybody forgot that there were very young defense with an aging offensive core minus the line and then a qb where you really do you have faith in them to do the whole thing for you i don't know that i'm I'm just i'll be the one asking questions here inconsistent on defense as well i think is a big problem with them yeah fifth game this season allowing 30 plus points so because then they'll have plenty of games they play really elite right it's just the they're young they're too young so the Seahawks play the Cardinals next week. So if they win that game and the Packers lose at home to Chicago, the Seahawks will make the playoffs. Let's stay. Let's go actually to the AFC West. We have the Chargers at the Broncos with the way Denver handled the Russ situation. Do you think that'll deter other players from signing there? I think all that's just like a load of BS. Like, let me be clear. Like, I get where everyone's coming from. Like, if you're going to take Russ's side, like, all right, I, I get where you're coming from. But I'll be the one who just say here on the other side of things, like, it's ridiculous. Like, I think how everybody gets too emotional about stuff. And now it has been this way for a while. Like, in media, everybody just, like, wants to, like, ride on emotion. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, it was all the same motherfuckers last year that were saying how Russ needed to be benched and Russ needed to be traded. 
now that it's happening, it just because Sean elevated him. Yeah. Like, motherfucker, Sean came in and elevated him. Like, what is going... What's not computing here, boys? Like, it, it's like, yeah, everyone loves Ross. It's like a fucking everyone loves Raymond shit. And everyone <laughs> loves Ross now, right? Nobody wants to hurt Ross's I've feelings. I've been the Russ... I've been the Russ supporter. Right, like, I've been the be main clear. one. It's like, but that's the thing, is the reality situation is, just because we like Russ, he's a good guy, and we feel bad for him, does not mean that this is, the Broncos are making a bad decision. Like, and also, this is business. It, you, everybody's breaking the cardinal rule of business. Stop bringing your fucking emotions to the table, buddy. You signed the contract, and your contract allowed for this to happen. Should have sat there with the agent and figured out a no, no release, no trade, no bench clause. If that was such a concern. That's crazy. Oh my God, call me crazy. He signed the deal, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be the one person to still be objective since everybody wants to be all in their emotions about this garbage. I will say this, though. Something that is frustrating about the like they, the, the Broncos should have won by more than fucking eight points. Or no, seven points, seven points. I, I agree, but at the same time, it's also like, if you're the Broncos, you know your season's over. Like, oh, yeah. there, there's there's parts of it where it's like, it's hard to get everyone to come out. and They needed the Chiefs to lose. Really, yeah. yeah, really lay the, yeah, exactly. And it, it's kind of like, it's it, and Jared Stidham out there, I think, if anything, Jared Stidham still played good, though. Like, it's yeah, like he, had he a didn't good play game. bad. He didn't play bad. It's it's more just like this this time of the year, it's who's going to elevate who, and the Broncos are kind of just in like, blah. They're just, they're just in blah land. Like That's how kind of like, that's what I'm like, I'm struggling to think about what to talk about, like with the Chargers this game, outside of like Khalil Mack. Like that's why I was the I, offense is kind of bleh. I got one for you. Okay, Alex Erickson out of nowhere, the seven catches for ninety eight yards is pretty hilarious. Yeah, I'm we're like, gonna see a, a couple of those next week. Like, hold on a minute, Alex Erickson coming out of nowhere. And if anything, I got something for you here too. Khalil Mack up to sixteen sacks in the year, uh, one behind the current leaders. Very good shot at that sock title. Yeah, that means a lot for them this year. It's just like, no, no, I know you're saying. That, no, exactly, I, I'm just thinking though, like, like it's like going into next year. Like what? There, what is there to bring other than new coaching, new GM? Like it's just like at least you got your guy. You exactly. know you have Justin Herbert, it, but it's like outside of that, it's like there's so much turnover that'll need to happen. So much. It's not an. It, it, there's like there. There. If there's actually ever a team that's been in a actual competitive rebuild, it's the Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos need pass rush help outside of quarterback because it's like it's just gonna be very interesting to see what the Broncos do in the offseason because they spent so much money this offseason they got to eight and eight not bad but I don't know I don't and, know and these teams Gregor, are not working out was a little was like I didn't even expect that either let like, me ask you this before we move on to the next game is the AFC West the most confusing and almost maybe directionless division in the league hmm yeah, so basically they're just the uh, NFC South of the AFC. It's so crazy because everyone's like the AFC West is the best division in football. <laughs> we always definitely a part and of they're that. They're all weird. They're all yeah, weird. They're all they're just it's a yeah that division that division is on drugs. All right, let's move over to the Cincinnati at Kansas City game. Are the Chiefs back on track? I don't think I'm ready to say they're like back on track, no. but they're the same. It's the same as it's always been, where it's like I don't doubt them. To somehow go on a miraculous run because of the Chiefs and I know their pedigree. But it's like, in terms of if I actually felt like that, if I didn't know about their pedigree, like, right. no, I wouldn't say they're back on track. Sorry, still I'm feels trying very, to get this marker. No, it still feels very uh, bleak for them to go all the way. But yeah. albeit still possible because, we again, we know their pedigree. Yeah, I mean, it's just with me, with the Chiefs, it's like nothing really... Like, this game shouldn't have been that close. Like, that is my issue with them is like, bro, 
Yes, you won by eight points, but that's one possession. You have Patrick Mahomes. You're playing against Jake Browning. Like, I understand you don't have the receiving help. Rasheed Rice is really the only guy helping because I don't know what the fuck Travis Kelsey is doing. Ever since he got, ever since he did that commercial, he's just, he's been out. Ever since he started dating Taylor, he's been out. Like, his, I don't know, His man. personal life got a little too busy, bro. He's just, I don't know. I, and that's, that's things I never wanted to, I never wanted to even equate it to that either. But you have to ask yourself, like, is this, just, is this just maybe it's a little too much on this play right Once now? Once the Chiefs started doing all those commercials, they all kind of... No, like, I mean, seriously, you do have to really ask yourself, like, is there just maybe a little bit too much on the man's plate? I don't... Maybe. It's like, very just, possible. Maybe that's really the big, really what's happening with him. Yeah. I was going to say, if anything, though, some some silver lining for the Chiefs. First 100-plus yard rushing day since December 3rd. That is huge. I say the Chiefs, Chiefs look like a monster this game. That's the thing. is If, if the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl and they have any shot at it, and this has got to be every single game the rest of the year. It's got to be, it's the gotta be where you marry the run to the pass because that's exactly when the Chiefs are at their best. Okay. Now, let's go to the Bengals. So the Bengals, with this loss, um, eliminated from the playoff. But I think what you learned this year is like Zach Taylor, uh, you can rely on him when Joe Burrow's not there. Um, and Jake Browning is definitely one of the better backups in the league and you need to keep him around unless you can get like a hot, like unless you can get like a third round pick, second, third round pick for him. Might as well just keep him around because sure. you can run the team without Burrow. Well, it gives you such security. Yeah, very much security. Um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Battle has looked good for them too as a rookie. Big shouts to Jordan Battle. Nobody's really been talking about him yet. It's just because, you know, it's it's like when you come in and you don't, you don't like really get starting reps till the middle of the year and then you right. kind of have to work your way in. You know, people start talking about it silly, but we're here to give Jordan Battle a shout out. Uh, definitely, potentially the best rookie safety this year. Do you think um, either him or Jordan Howden? So the keys to the Bengals for next year, obviously stay healthy, but they cannot have another slow start to the season. Yeah, no, Th- this is going to be that, that'll be the thing to watch next year. Trey Hendrickson is currently tied for the sack title as well. So it's it's the Bengals are there. It's just frustrating with all the injuries and back and forth. Um, just kind of like obviously Jamar Chase getting hurt. T Higgins might not be back next year. I mean, they should franchise tag him, but you never know. They could trade him for capital as well. Um, yeah. So let's go into our final game that was on Sunday night. We have Green Bay at Minnesota. Has Green Bay found their next Hall of Fame quarterback in Jordan Love? <laughs> I can't again. I, I you know me. I'm never. I can't say they found the next future Hall of Fame guy, but they definitely. I feel like they've found their potential next All Pro guy. Like I really do think he could have an. I've seen. I think he'd have an All Pro season next year. Okay. If he keeps this going on, if he keeps the second half of the season going into next year he will be an all pro. Like if he can replicate the second half of the season all the year next year, all pro. I mean, he's been, I mean, it's very interesting to try to figure out what is LaFleur and then what is Jordan Love? Um, because Bo Melton, who I believe they have now signed fully to the team, 149 yards, 10 receptions and one touchdown over the past two weeks. Um, they have a wide open receiving core. Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave, Christian Watson, who is not who has not been as good as ever, most have hoped. Um, and they also have Romeo Dobbs, Malik Heath, and I'm trying to they just have like a, a mix Dontavian. of Dontavian Wicks. That's who I was missing. Samori Torre as well. Yeah, they get they got a weird bunch there. Um, but I mean Aaron Jones finally kind of picking it up this year. He's been injured, and it's just like when you have a hamstring injury, I don't really know how much. You can be relied on, but 
Yeah, Jordan Love, 256, three touchdowns, 33 to 10 on the Vikings. I did not think this game was going to be that out of reach. I didn't either, but I also didn't expect the Vikings to show up so flat on offense. Like, you just knew what kind of yeah. game it was going to be early on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only thing for the Vikings that they can do is keep Kirk Cousins unless they trade. That's what I was going to say. Is it, you're, you're definitely into Beleagueville with the QB situation now. Because now you're like, ah, it looked good with the astronaut for a little while. The astronaut. How, now he's the astronaut. Yeah, how, how quickly that things change, right? Yeah. So, and as I said when it first happened, I didn't fall for the bait. I said, you know what? This is about how far Kevin O'Connell can take these guys. Look, clearly Kevin O'Connell can only do so much for him. And if you are the Vikings, you got to start asking yourself a lot of important questions this offseason. Past just even if we resign Kirk, what's next? Because Kirk, how long is that going to last? Right. Well, I think also the thing that's crazy is like, I believe if the Bears beat the Packers next week, which will control the Packers making the playoffs, the Vikings might be the worst team in the division, and they were first last year. Yeah, that's that is that's insane. They're going to be the most recent first worst potentially. That that would be crazy. The NFC North is a very competitive division. I, I very very young. I, I I as a Bears fan enjoy it because it is always a good game. Oh, the NFC North is definitely a fun division officially. But that is yeah that that's been the show. So thank you guys for listening. This has been Utah Ball number sixty six. Our week seventeen recap. We got one more regular season show left, and then we'll be doing playoff shows. Yes, sir. We appreciate y'all coming down. Seriously, if you enjoy, you know, drop a sub, drop a like, share it. Appreciate y'all so much. Y'all have a great rest of your day.